Hey, hey, and welcome to another Podcast Valley Sunday. I am one of your hosts, Chris Paco. And I'm your other host, Jeff Cameron. How's it going, Jeff? Really good, really good, really good. How about you? I'm feeling wild, I have to say. Probably because of episode 42, The Wild Monkeys. Oh my. It's uh, directed by a newcomer here, John C. Anderson, written by Stanley Ralph Ross and Corey Upton, and originally aired on November 13th, 1967. Huh. It's a heck of an episode, we got to say. It is, it is wild. Yeah, it gets, it, it's wild indeed. So it opens up different than any other episode so far. Yep. With a, like a performance video, essentially, of Mickey, and only Mickey, mm-hmm. uh, singing Going Down, which is like a different version than the Going Down everybody knows and loves. Yeah. And it's a really cool version. It is. And I think they like did the live vocals, so it, it fits. So it doesn't, it'd be impossible to lip sync exactly how he did it, because he yeah. changes it up a little every time, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, it, he's in like a black shirt and white pants. Mm-hmm. And uh, like it's like a black turtleneck, and it's shot. It's not shot in black and white, but it, because there's hardly any color, it looks like it is shot in black and white. It's true. Yeah, it seems real washed out. He's under the spotlight, right? Yeah, yeah. And he, uh, and yeah, and then they they add in blasts of color, like they'll put like five Mickey's on the screen and like light up like green, blue, red, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, you see a saxophone, a trumpet, and a bass, but you don't see who's playing yeah. them. Nope. And uh, yeah, it's it's really awesome. It's a really cool way uh, to open up the show, I think. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that is the cold open. And four minutes, once again, two shows in a row, four minutes up to the intro. And um, I don't know, maybe we'll talk more about it. if We haven't pulled going down from the hat yet, have we? I don't believe so. No, I think it's still... I don't think uh, so. Because maybe due to the word density, it feels longer than four minutes. I don't know. <laughs> I dig it. I love this tune, but it feels like it's like five or six minutes long. See, I got to be honest. For me, it feels shorter than that. I think because of the speed of it and how fast it goes and builds up. Mm. But uh, it's popped up in different movies and TV shows as well recently. Like it was in Breaking Bad, an episode of Breaking Bad a while back. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. When it popped up, I was like, oh, my God. Whenever the monkeys pop up somewhere else, it's always like cool. It's like, oh, sweet. Nice. They're being taken seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So anyway, we get to the intro. And uh, when the show starts, it comes in to like like a, a surfy kind of twist on the theme this time. It's a, I, I couldn't put my finger on what kind of style of music it was. But yeah, I, I'm stoked that they're sticking with the different versions of the theme coming in from the intro. It's fun. The boys are lost in some like frontier town or something like that. And it seems to be a theme this season of them getting lost. And... Uh, <laughs> They're always seem to be like sort of near the monkey mobile or like yeah. they're just pulling up somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're showing off the monkey mobile a lot more this season. That's for sure. Which is awesome. Like, like obviously it couldn't film like scenes in the monkey mobile. They did like once, but like, that'd be cool. Just to watch them dicking around in the car, just ripping on each other, listening to tunes. Not, yeah. Don't see much of that in the show. It was probably because more technology, like the cameras were yeah. so big and stuff like that. You couldn't just throw someone in there. Yeah, and I think there was one episode last season where, like, Mike does a, he's gone, or whatever, and they're in the car yeah. doing the thing. But it'd be hard to shoot, for sure, especially back then. Yeah, for sure. 
So a couple motorcycles zoom by and they toss dust in the monkeys. And Mickey says he'd like to see someone do that again. And then even more motorcycles zoom by and kick up more dust. And then Davey says, Mickey, why did you have to go and say that? I didn't think it hear me. <laughs> and so Mike's coughing on the dust and Mickey tells Peter to go get water from the car. And then he tells Mike to put his hands up in the air. And then while his hands are in the air, Mickey pulls out a gun and uh, holds Mike up, essentially. Gun, gun, gun. There's the gun right away, too. Get right into it. Davey doesn't like the joke, and neither does anyone else, essentially. Well, it's the same ruse they pulled on those uh, dancer guys. Yeah. Back when they all pulled a gun on him. Exactly, yeah. So Davey's, Davey's getting fed up <laughs> with these recycled premises. Peter comes back with a glass of water. It comes with a glass of water from the car. Yeah. And like, did they have water, like bottles of water back then, really? Like, I don't no, think it was as there was prevalent. There was water everywhere, man. Yeah. Was, yeah, dumb. Water bottle is dumb, I mean. Was he carrying around glasses in the car? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> the heck? So Mike takes a drink of the water, and he, like, goes crazy, and he starts jumping around and everything, and he asks Peter where he got the water from. From the car, like Mickey said. Where in the car? From the radiator? <laughs> and Davey says not to worry. At least he didn't get from the petrol tank. And then Peter says, oh, well, that's what he meant. And, and Mickey sees a sign for the place they're supposed to play at, and it's a lodge and a cemetery. And uh, it says, if you're dying to have a good time, see us. And uh, cemetery spelt wrong and your yep. is spelt wrong. In this yep, thing. yep. So Mike turns to the camera and then he says, Well, folks, looks like we've done it again. Another rung up the never-ending ladder of success. <laughs> <laughs> so cut to the monkey mobile, pulls up to the lodge, and Mickey calls it a virtual Disneyland for shut-ins. <laughs> and everyone around is like essentially like covered in cobwebs and it's a pretty sleepy environment mm-hmm. and uh, they go inside and a guy says that they must be the monkeys and this is henry corden he's playing blonner and we know him he was uh what the fuck's his name mr <laughs> mr babbitt yeah mr babbitt i'm like starts with a b i don't know how the boys don't recognize this asshole yeah for everything you put them through <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just put on different glasses or something. See, again, in, in the world of the monkeys, people don't notice very obvious things about people. So they know they're the <laughs> same person they just talked it's to. It's totally true. Or used to have to pay rent to or run to not pay rent to. It's it's true. Like, ever, uh, ever watched Three's Company? Yeah, a little bit. And like Jeffrey Tambor, he plays like five or six different, completely different characters. In, from episode to episode like they just call up whoever to play the bit parts but most of the time it was jeffrey tambor really eh? so that in itself became a bit <laughs> for real he's the monty landis of three's company <laughs> he kind of was he kind of <laughs> was for real so blonder he says oh well, they got there fast and mike says well they pack fast and then mickey's suitcase spills open and mike says well they unpack they unpack fast as well <laughs> Then Mickey says, Isn't that dumb? Peter asks what kind of clientele they get there. And he says, Senior citizens visiting their grandparents. (laughs) (laughs) He gets a really big kick out of that joke. (laughs) And Blonder says that they're getting some young visitors today. And they're like a traveling group of young people. And we cut to see some bikers smashing a sign and being all bikery, essentially. (laughs) Biker-esque. Biker-esque. So the boys, they're coming down the stairs into the lobby again. They all fall down the stairs together. And then they ask Blonder where they can eat. And he says, how can they get something to eat when he doesn't have a waiter? And he also doesn't have a bellhop or a gardener. 
And Mike tells him that he should go to wherever they are and tell them to get to work. And then Blonder just yells in the boys' faces to get to work. And uh, Mike <laughs> says that they're a band. And Blonder says that he doesn't hire musicians at this hotel. He hires waiters, bellhops, and gardeners. And if they happen to play music, then wonderful. Wonderful! Wonderful! <laughs> the boys themselves kind of got rused into coming to this hotel. And Mickey says uh, if he thinks that he can take advantage of them because they're so poor, then he's exactly right. And the boys like jump cut into like uniforms of bellhops and waiters and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Blounder then he calls Mike the troublemaker and he says <laughs> that he can be a strolling musician. And it jump cuts to Mike having like a loot in his mouth or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, oh, boy. Mickey asks, now that they're employees, can they get something to eat? And Blounder's appalled at that. He says that they should eat on their own time because they need to take care of the guests. And then right on cue, the motorcycle guys roll in, the, roll their bikes into the lobby. <laughs> and uh, so Mickey asks one of them if he can help with his bags. And the guy throws it over Mickey's shoulder and Mickey crumbles underneath it. <laughs> he has to get him <laughs> to take it off of him. Davey asks one of them if he can get him something to eat. And when the guy stands up, he's way taller than Davey. And then for whatever reason, that really scares Davey <laughs> that somebody's <laughs> taller than him. <laughs> you think you'd be used to it by now. For real. Uh, Peter vacuums one of them because uh, they're dusty. And then they grab the vacuum from him and they break it in half. Mm. And Mike is singing to one of them. And uh, he rhymes, behold with manifold. thing of beauty to behold sitting like a manifold. In his song. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> It is amazing. Uh, Peter's sweeping up the biker, but he grabs the broom and rips it in half. And Davey tries to run away, and then the biker grabs him and kisses him. What? And uh, it turns out that all the bike- bikers are lady bikers. Oh. I, I, what I a thought, twist. I thought they were like really pushing the boundaries of what was going on in television in 1967 when that biker nah, first kissed Davey. Not quite yet, Paco. Not quite yet. No. I was like, talk about... They could have been so ahead of their time <laughs> and probably oh, run off the air and out of town. One of the girls asks Mike why he makes all those funny faces. And then Mike <laughs> looks at the camera and says, With my paranoia, I need this abuse. <laughs> That's a good line. That's an so excellent weird. line. Yeah, so weird. So Blonder yells at the boys to make their guests feel relaxed and essentially he just pushes them all up the stairs. And so... Later on, Davey's sitting at a table with one of the girls and he's telling her that she's the one for him and just blah, 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 blah. He's going on and on and on. And the whole time he's trying to open up this bottle of wine. And then she grabs the bottle of wine and pulls the cork out with her teeth and she spits the cork into Blounder's mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a little uh, tomfoolery with some backwards footage, I believe. Oh, yes. It's a classic monkey's move. Yeah. It's also flying into or out of somebody's mouth. Yeah. Just spits the cork right in his mouth. Kind of funny. So Mike and the biker girl, they're talking, and she says that he reminds her of someone very close to her and like and likes to cuddle with her when she's sad. And Mike says that she can she can cuddle with him when she and be sad. And she asks if he would like to see a picture of this person she reminds him of, and he's like, "The picture of the male I most remind you of? Of course, of course, I'd like to see it. Let me see it." It turns out the picture's of a dog. Man, oh man. Poor Mike. He can't catch a break this episode. For real. And so Peter's uh, talking his goofy poetry to this biker girl. And she says that it's the most beautiful poetry she's ever heard. And he asks if that means they can go out tonight. And she says no. And he asks, why not? And she says, Let's face it, man. You're a sissy. 
<laughs> One yeah. minute he's face, next minute he's a sissy. He is. So he's all sad, but at least she gave it to him straight. She was just like, nope, you're a sissy. I'm tough. I'm not dealing with you. But still, ouch. Very ouch. For real. And, and uh, Mickey asked the biker girl what she would say if he gave her a kiss. And she said, I'd say, I'm sorry, fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> and he asks why and she says that if, she, if he kissed her she'd give him a rap in the mouth and he giggles and then he kisses her anyway and then she punches him right in the face and sends him flying I gotta say with this it's kind of nice to see some tough girls with the monkeys not just like Absolutely. princesses that have to get married or damsels in distress it's like this girl punched Mickey and said don't kiss me he kissed her anyway she gets punched in the face that's what you get and I wonder if this is a uh, one take Dolan's in action if if he got this shot in one take, doing the backflip and everything, he, yeah, he he sold that shit. He was down, man. Oh man, he took the lamp with him and everything. I I think she really punched him in the face. <laughs> that was why it's one take. Yeah, I hope so. Hopefully, they don't have to do that too many times. Yeah, they only had one lamp. But yeah, Mickey with the physical comedy once again. Fantastic. So then uh, the boys are all sitting together, and Peter says that they have to find a way to get rough with these girls. And Davey asks why, and he says that one of them called him a sissy. And uh, Mickey agrees with Peter, and he's talking through a fat lip. He's, he's all, like, mumbly about it. <laughs> so the next scene, the boys are all dressed in leather and riding motorcycles in a classroom. Uh, no one can hear anything because Mickey's engine is still running. And Mike is yelling, and Mickey's yelling. And when he finally turns it off, Mickey can't stop shaking, and he says the engine's been on for three days. <laughs> oh, my God. So the boys help him off his bike and he's fine. And then he says they have to take the pledge. We pledge to obey the laws of dirt and violence. I do right. that. I to that. curb our desire for a bath. Right. And to offend all living things. Right. And Mickey says that today they're having a special course in obscene tattooing, ear piercing, and if you're into it, putting a ring through your nose. <laughs> and uh, wow. Mickey inspects everyone's hands to make sure they're dirty, but Peter has clean hands. And Mickey says he has five seconds to make them dirty. And Peter jumps back in and he has oil all over his hands. And then Mickey's, he praises him for that. And then he looks and he says, well, here in the handbook. And then Mike says, the script. And all of them start laughing for real. Because you can see Mickey is just reading his lines <laughs> completely. <laughs> so he's obviously holding the script. Yep, yep. And uh, Mickey tells Peter that now he's tough. And Peter is so happy that he rubs the oil all over his face. And Davey comes over and starts rubbing in his face. And like, oh, what a man. shit show this scene was. Like, <laughs> I think these boys were baked off their asses for this scene. <laughs> for sure. So next scene, the biker girls are all dressed up nice, and they're coming down the stairs, and then they all fall down the stairs too, like the monkeys <laughs> did. And the one girl says, there's something about those stairs. And then uh, the girls literally bump into the boys, and they all get scared. The classic monkeys jump. The monkey scare. And... uh the girls ask why the boys are dressed like that. And the boys ask why the girls are dressed like that. And they say it's because they're tired of the open road. And they ask what's up with the boys. And they like mumble macho garbage for a little bit. And yeah, then yeah. Mike says they don't need to tell them anything because they're just ordinary girls. And then one of the girls asks if they're really tough now. And Mickey says to watch this. And he walks over to a table and he tries to karate chop it in half. But he just hurts his hand. You didn't even break it, honey. Why should I break it for you? You're just a chick. Yeah, just a chick. Damn, dude. Jeez. Not, not the way to go, I don't think. So another girl asks if they have a, a rough club. And Davey says, yeah, they do. And she asks, how rough? And he says that for their initiation, 
they kill the new members. <laughs> and the girl says, that's too tough. And the boys say, what do you mean too tough? And the girl tells them that's why they left their boyfriends, who are members of the Black Angels motorcycle gang. And, all, and they all have the word big in front of their names, like Big Butch, Big, you know, Giuseppe, Big Asweepe. <laughs> big Giuseppe. <laughs> big Igor. Yeah. So uh, the boys, then they get scared because now these girls are like with real motorcycle guys. And the, girl, and the girls say, well, don't tell us you're afraid. And Mickey says, okay, uh, we okay. won't tell you. It'll be a well-kept secret between just the four of us. Yes. <laughs> And the boys start to slide out the door, but get blocked in by the black angels. And then all the boys faint because they're so scared. <laughs> so we come back from uh, the commercial and the black angels are pushing the boys up against the desk. And Mike says that, well, he won't be pushed any further. And the main black angel says, why not? Well, because I can't get over this desk. <laughs> Butch, who's the leader, is played by Norman Grabowski. He asks them what, what their club is called. And Mike says, we're called the Chickens. We used to be called like the Fearful Four. And we also used to be called like the Cowards. The Yellow Belly. And uh, Butch, Butch asks which one of them wants to fight him. And they all say they'd like to fight him, but it's against the club rules. And whenever a member wants to do something brave, they have to chicken out because <laughs> they're the chicken. <laughs> and then suddenly Davey's had enough of this. And he says he wants to tear him apart. But then all the other guys start clucking. And uh, and so then Davey backs down and thanks them for talking about it. So oh, Butch says that his gang should pluck them all. And Butch's ex-girlfriend, who's Queenie, one of the main girls, played by Corinne Cole, she tells him to leave the boys alone. And Butch gets mad because they've turned his own woman against him. Butch asks which one of them likes Queenie. And Mickey says that none of them even like her at all. <laughs> so oh, then man. Butch is mad because Queenie's not good enough for them. Butch... Butch is, 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 a, is a tepid bitch. He, nothing is good enough for Butch. There's never, never. He's, he's looking for, he's picking a fight one way or another. Yeah, exactly. Every answer is going to be the wrong answer. Yeah. So T, uh, Queenie tells Butch to back off, and then he like screams in her face, <laughs> and then she's back in love with him. Now listen, Butch. You shut up! Oh, I missed you, babe. What a cycle, those two, those crazy kids. You can tell she's she's never going to leave him. Chicks, never. man. Chicks. I tell you. <laughs> so then Butch tells them that they're having their annual best riders competition. And the winner uh, gets to destroy everything in sight. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty and Davey, Yeah. And Davey asks if that includes them. And he's told, yes, it does. <laughs> so later, the boys are in the room in their pajamas. Peter's in his classic orange with the bunny on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike is calling everyone to order. And he says, uh, we the order of the chickens. And they all cluck. We the order of the chickens. And for some reason, I think it's hilarious. He says, uh, we have been challenged. And they have to figure out what to do about it. And Peter says that they should fight. And Mike asks why. Our honor has been smirched. What? Uh, smirked. What? Be dirty. What? Well, they hurt my feelings. Aww. Poor Peter. And, uh... Mickey has a rebuttal against fighting and the main point being that you could get really hurt if they fight them. And Mike says he feels they need to take action and that action is they should leave immediately. And everyone agrees. And as they're running out of the room, the black angels are there by the door to block them again. Black angels are always in the doorway to block you. Right when For you real. think you're getting out. But uh, at, this, at this meeting of the uh, chicken club, you'll notice, what's this? A gavel. Yes. 
After a strong showing in season one, the gavels had been shut out most of season two until last episode, and now two episodes in a row, we got gavels, folks. Yeah, Mike must have brought it with him in his luggage or something, because I don't know where else I would have got it. So the next day, I guess it is, because they're in their pajamas. So I wonder if the, the Black Angels just sat at the doorway all night long so they couldn't escape. Where <laughs> oh else they going to go? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because the rally takes place right outside of this lodge. So. Yep. so at the big rally, the girl bikers are the judges, which kind of seems biased to me. A little bit. And there's a guy selling hot dogs that gets a, he gets a lot to say as he's walking around. And like he's, he has a lot of stuff in his little cart, apparently, because for a long time, you're just hearing this guy rattle off what he has. So the Black Angels ask the chickens if they're ready, and they give out their war cry, and they rev their engines, and it throws all this exhaust in the boys' faces. And then Mike says, let's give them our war cry. <laughs> And uh, Butch says it's the worst war cry he's ever heard. And Mike says, uh, maybe, but can their crew lay eggs? And the boys pull out eggs from somewhere. I don't know these eggs. <laughs> they keep them with the gavel. I guess. And so Queenie announces that everything's about to start. And then uh, she forgets the line, start your engines. So her buddy <laughs> pipes up and then uh, she says, start your engines. And the boys go crazy. They get on their bike, start them up. A guy shoots off a gun. So there's another gun there. I thought there was only yeah. a Mickey gun. But it's, it's, a star, it's a starter's pistol, I think. I don't think it's a real gun. But, uh, Still counts. Still yeah. counts. And so then the, the Black Angels all take off, and the boys kind of sputter out. But this leads us to Monkey's Romp number only, Star Collector. <laughs> Fantastic use of Star Collector. Yeah, dude. Great tune. Whenever I think of Star Collector, before I saw this episode, I always thought motorcycle race. So Absolutely. It finally ties that in. For but sure. Great, great song. Great to have a showing of it. I, I was mm-hmm. I was happy to hear it. And uh, fun fact, uh, for those of you who don't own the Blu-ray collection, it comes with a 45 of uh, this episode's featured tunes, Going Down on one side and uh, Star Collector on the other. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. The monkeys are pretty slow off the line. Peter never really leaves the line. Uh, <laughs> there's close-ups of Mike and Davey at the beginning, like close-ups so you can tell they're not like on the bikes. But then full shots of Mickey actually riding a motorcycle. Yep, yep. Uh, Black Angels riding super fast. Each one of the guys are on. And you see like all the guys on motorcycles, except Peter. He, he, <laughs> you never see him in a wide shot on a motorcycle because he never moves anyway. Nope. There's a construction guy about to eat a sandwich but it gets stolen by Butch on his bike. Uh, Mickey gets a newspaper over his face. Peter's getting people to come help him try to fix his bike so it'll start. <laughs> well, one weird thing, while Mickey is riding, like a monkey's paw grabs his face from behind and this creepy monkey comes up over like... That's I believe from it's, the, uh, it's the monkey from the pad. Did you recognize him? Oh, I did recognize him, but it's terrifying. It is, and how did he did. get there? Did they? Did, is Mr. <laughs> Schneider and him in the trunk? <laughs> that's a, a solid question and, and in the wide shots like when they're actually riding motorcycles Davy stands up on his bike like he puts his feet down on the seat and stands up which is fucking show cr- off crazy uh, Butch stops for a drink and Mickey attaches his bike to a tree and when bike takes when Butch takes off the tree just gets ripped out of the ground <laughs> that uh, was funny one of Butch's guys eats his cigar while he's driving Mickey's getting dust in his face 
and then a guy just like walks up because he's obviously not actually riding the motorcycle and a guy just walks up beside him and starts brushing off his face with a, like a dust thing nice and uh and then in the home stretch the black angels win the race you see them all zoom across first Ah, so, what a shame. shitty. What a shame. It's just like, it's just like Rocky, man, but like before <laughs> Rocky. So after the race, uh, the girls run past the monkeys <laughs> and uh, they go up to the Black Angels and hug everybody. Uh, Butch says that he won and he asks which one of the monkeys wants to be destroyed first. And the boys hum and haw over it. And eventually he grabs Mickey and Queenie says that if Butch touches one hair on Mickey's head, she won't let him write to her. And I'm like, What? <laughs> That's, I don't think Butch can write anyway. You're doing him a favor. <laughs> I found that was a weird, a weird threat to make. Uh, needed Ma- something. Butch says he doesn't care who he destroys. He just needs to destroy someone. And Queenie tells him that she's sick of the open road and wants to settle down and they can build illegal motorcycles and raise little scooters. <laughs> <laughs> and then Blonner, who is the hot dog guy, which I didn't realize... He says that if they don't wreck the place, they can settle down there. And Butch is down with it. He says, my woman speaks for me. And everyone cheers. And then that's the end of the episode. There you have it. A very up ending, I guess. That guy guy just can't get out of the landlording business, can he? No, it's a calling. Every time I get out, it just pulls me back in. (laughs) Why wasn't he just Babbitt? Like... They could have just said, oh, hey, Mr. Babbitt, how's it been out here? Or something, just like a quick, it's the same fucking guy doing yeah. like the same fucking job. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, they just should have been like, oh, wow, we wondered what happened to you. You punks still owe me rent. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they should have had to have been waiters and stuff, because they owed back rent to Babbitt. There's a whole missing season of the shit that went wrong with Babbitt. <laughs> why you didn't see him? Oh. <laughs> Stuff that slid behind Coslo Johnson's desk that he, yeah. <laughs> they found after they fired him. Oh, look, it's like four or five episodes back here. <laughs> so for this episode, it, it was like we said, it was nice to see an episode where the girls aren't just girls that need to get married mm-hmm. or need yes. to be saved or whatever. But then in the actual episode, all of them go uncredited. Queenie is the only one who has a name. And even then she doesn't end up in the actual credits. So <laughs> it's a... Uh, one step forward, two steps back kind of thing, I guess. I guess. But it, it was uh, fun to get out of like the usual kind of tropes the monkeys were in and get into like another kind of trope that the monkeys get into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, one thing I noticed, it was funny how quickly they stopped doing their jobs at the lodge once the girls showed up. <laughs> <laughs> they were there to like welcome them in and then become a biker gang and go into the... Uh, Best Rider competition, <laughs> sponsored yeah. by the Cemetery and Lodge. It's a, a perfectly logical sequence of events, Paco. <laughs> it kind of writes itself. It's a marble <laughs> on top of a hill. You just let it go. Guns in the episode. Yep, uh, Mickey pulls that gun on Mike, and then there's that starter pistol thing. Like, did was Mickey carrying that piece around just for the sake of that joke, or was he always just packing heat? I I think Mickey, Mickey looks like he's always packing heat. He's always got one in his waistband, just in case. <laughs> mean streets of Burbank. <laughs> yeah. I'm here for playing drums and kicking ass, and I don't see my drums. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, highlight of the show. I don't know. There's a, a couple funny things like Mike's thing about uh, uh, with my paranoia, I need this kind of thing. Mickey getting punched in the face, how he acted then. Uh, but my what I really liked was the chicken call, the order of the chickens. The, the chicken meeting, yes. There's good. Anytime they're in like a meeting setting, and even a little bit in like we're in the, the motorcycle classroom meeting thing too. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe they're just, I don't think it's written out in the script word for word the whole thing. They're like, okay, boys, here's the point of the scene. Just try, try to get us there in like some sort of timely fashion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I'm going to say my favorite part, the highlight of the show, was when Mickey's reading from the script and says <laughs> in this, and Mike points out he's reading from the script and they all kind of laugh at that for real. <laughs> That's fun. Um, was there a monkey's ruse uh, when they tried to be bikers, I guess? Like, yeah. I think of, they were rusing themselves, to tell oh, you the truth. Yeah, they were trying to ruse themselves for the ladies. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. become yeah. someone different for the ladies. And kids, never change yourself to make someone and, like you. And Babbitt rused the shit out of him with this whole uh, blowner identity. Yeah. What the yeah. heck? I bet you that's his first name. It's Blowner Babbitt. <laughs> Wasn't Blowner the last name of that guy <laughs> from the uh, what the, the other episode? But there's fuck the two Mickeys, alias Mickey Dolans. We oh. talked about Steve Blowner, and he was like uh, a staffer or something for the show. Oh yeah, <laughs> he was. He was also behind the new monkeys. Or I had a hand in that. <laughs> so you said he, sh- <laughs> you should be in jail for two things. This is punishment. He has to run the Lodge Cemetery out in the middle of nowhere and live with bikers. <laughs> I thought like, Dino was really going to catch on. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hey, hey, hey. It's in the name. These new monkey fans are very sensitive, all right? We don't want to get letters from these people. I'll give them both the money for the stamp. All right, uh, fourth wall break. Too many to keep track of. There's plenty. They're all over the place. Best musical moment. It's tricky because as far as music goes, like I, I prefer Star Collector to Going Down. But as far as video-wise, the video that we had for Going Down, the alternate mix or whatever, I say Going the, Down was my favorite musical moment. It's just a knockout performance and how it's shot and the effects. And it's just very cool. And coming off the top, instead of putting it at the end of the show, yeah. like usual. Like, just leading off of that, just boom. Not even saying anything, like, just hit you with this tune. Yeah. Like, Mikey's, Mikey, Mickey's singing way too fast, and dancing yeah. around, and there's horns waving around, and bass, and it's sweet. It's yeah. It's fun to watch. It's great. It's great. Uh, classic monkeys moments, getting bumped into each other, and getting scared, <laughs> monkey scare. Mickey saying, isn't that dumb? Yep. Um, what wouldn't fly in 2021? I don't know. The girls getting screamed in her face, maybe. Mm. But really, those were tough chicks. They were they weren't taking any sauce. Mickey tried the moves and got punched in the face. So, yep, ahead of its time. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> so a couple did you knows? This is the first episode where the wool hat doesn't make any appearance whatsoever. Oh wow. And this is also the last episode that has a laugh track. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Because I, I remember thinking we were wrong. Like, I was like, I guess they have a laugh track till the end. But this is the last one. Mm. 
And like, uh, you don't even you don't even notice it anymore. No. Like, and it's really just like <laughs> like they yeah. don't they don't hit you over the head with it. Yeah, you just let they bring up a, a couple laughs here and there, and it's I don't know. It just feels like the feels incidental, like just a little similar to the bleep, 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 just like yeah. it's just part of the show. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Henry Corden, who plays Blowner, who played Babbitt. I think we said same, this. Same fucking guy. Let's, yeah. let's get down to brass tacks here. And uh, he was, we must have mentioned this before. I don't know why I can't remember it for real, but like he was like Fred Flintstone's voice. Yeah, I think we talked about it last time. He was right. on. Good, yeah. And, and he has 264 credits. Most Not of bad. them are voice credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, Norman Grabowski, who plays Butch, he has 63 credits. He was in Cannonball Run. And a couple things, but he stopped acting in like 81, essentially. (laughs) Due to what? Dying? No, no. He lived, he lived, uh, till 2005. Oh. Yeah. Leisurely retirement. Corinne Cole, who played Queenie, she, uh, has 20 credits. And the last thing she was in was the Lucifer Complex in 1978. And, uh. But she's she's still out there living it up in Brentwood, California. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Let's call her up. And there we go. That is uh, everything. Unless you have some other did you knows to throw in the mix. Nah, man. I think you covered it pretty good. Okay. That music can only mean one thing. Oh yeah. Time for everybody's favorite second half of the show, the Wool Hat of Mystery. It's been a little bit. We uh, did a. <laughs> Oh, honorable feels like slippings. forever. Feels like forever, Paco. It really does. It really does. All right, so I believe you're first. I think I okay. went first last time. So. Well, pass me that woolen hat. The hat's kind of hat looks sad because it wasn't in the episode today. Yeah, we're gonna have to take them out of some sideburns. <laughs> uh, this is something called "I Believe in You." <laughs> it's something called. And I believe we might have to refresh our memories on this one. I believe you on a rainy night. I believe you put the moon to flight. I believe you. I believe you. Written and sung by Peter Tork. Monkey's 1996 Reubian. Reunion album, Justice. And uh, it's track 10 of 12 on the record. Not sure I've listened to this one too many times. Um, but it does have kind of a, a writing wrongs type off kilterness to it. I like the layered up vocals. And that, that bridge is wild. Man, <laughs> this song... Yeah. I like I didn't know it when I we pulled it out. I didn't know it, so I was on Justice. So I was like, I don't know which one this would be. And when we just played, like, we just listened to it again. I'm really surprised I don't remember this song because it feels like a song I've been like, now that's a song I really yeah. dig. And it's definitely not a song that I feel a lot of people would really dig. Like I'm not putting it on at the barbecue, <laughs> you know. But it is, it is radical. Like I really like that song a lot jazzy oh, weirdness like like you're saying the writing wrongs out there uh, kind of song kind of a kind of a menacing kind of vibe yeah even though i think he's trying to be romantic but there's something just kind of off yeah. about what's going on and 
Yeah, it's Peter at it again. Yeah, I really liked it. I really liked it. And the boys have obviously playing the instruments themselves. Yep. Mickey's banging away. They're, they seem like they're kind of jamming it out as they go. And, uh, yeah, it's a fun little tune. So, anyway, above or below Rosemary, what do you think? <laughs> oh, man. I, I That's a tricky one. Rosemary's like now like a good uh, like benchmark for things. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Like, what, what do you feel? You you pulled it, so you get to do the initial. Oh, and I, I get, get to, to, do to the, rebut uh, initial pu- the initial pudding. Is up to old CJ. I get it. I get it. It's definitely a yeah. song where I see if somebody bought like a mo- the new Monkeys record, like throwback person or whatever the heck, and it gets yeah, to yeah, I yeah. believe you. They're just like, what is this? It's it's pretty wild. Um, and I dig it. I dig it. Kind of the coolness of it. I'm gonna put it. I'd like to put it between through the looking glass and the poster. It'd okay. Be our new no, new number sixty three. What do you think? That's good. Yeah, that works perfect. This, this is probably up there for uh, a justice song while we're at it. Yeah, I wonder what the highest justice song would be now with this guy mm. coming in at sixty three. Yeah. All right, my turn. Here I go. Here. Reaching into the wool hat of mystery i got one all right and i've got midnight say midnight train it just says midnight midnight the song okay this is on pool it i like this too That is a great tune. Midnight from Poolit. This is our Hidden Gems uh, Wool Hatter <laughs> Mystery episode. Like, we are coming up with some stuff that sneaks through the cracks. Like, when, like when we started doing this and I listened to Poolit a couple times and, and you didn't. Uh, <laughs> it was This was like, this is kind of a standout track. It takes like a minute to get to the chorus, but it's like telling a story and mm-hmm. it's from... You got to remember the era. This is like Miami Vice, Beverly Hills Cop, Smuggler's Blues kind of times. Yeah. Where it just sounds like a, it just sounds like the times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's super good. It it is really long. There's like a 35 minute or 35 minute. There's like a 35 second fade out <laughs> that keeps going and everything, and the guitar goes crazy in it. But it, it's yeah, it's very good. And again. Longer songs of that time, like four and a half minutes, wasn't really like a long song, I yeah. guess. But that, that 35 minute fade out made Pool It a double disc. It did. Yeah. <laughs> the second disc is just fade out. <laughs> but no, it's a very cool tune. Yeah. Definitely recommend if you haven't listened to Pool It in a while. You might not know this. I didn't know it. And uh, yeah, yeah it's go like check similar it out. to uh, I Believe You. It's like, uh, I think it's the ninth song. It's It's like. The middle of side two, so maybe it's a little buried, but um, worth finding. And yep. uh, just picking out the songs one by one and uh, pull it. Uh, pull it seems pretty good sometimes. There are times when it sounds of the era, but it's era appropriate to the monkeys, like this kind of song. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Rather than yeah. like the jangly, spangly stuff. That's just like what is like when <laughs> you hear the drums and all you see is octagons in your head. <laughs> that stuff doesn't fly as well as stuff like this. But anyway, I would put this song in between 
as we go along and Cripple Creek at number 52. Oh, okay. I'm with you. Because I think it, it's really a, really a good one. I think this is our highest Pulit song with the exception of uh, Heart and Soul, which is a few spots up. I, I, I think Getting In is up there too. Oh, Getting In as well. So many good songs on Pulit, Paco. Really is. that More than I thought, I'll definitely say. The only ones that stuck out in my head were the, uh, like, the ones that stick out not for the best reasons. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should move. Oh, love you forever. Up the chart, considering all this, Paco. What do you think? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see <laughs> how my concussion goes. <laughs> forever. <laughs> yes, like the forever sound in there. <laughs> all right. So here you go. Reach on in. Okay. Give it a hit. Oh, shit. Somebody tell Porpoise Song to make sure it has its affairs in order. It's the door into summer, folks. And he thought he heard the echoes of the penny whistle band And the laughter from a distant caravan And the brightly painted line of circus Wagons in the sand Fading through the door All right, this is my favorite monkey song, Door into Summer. There's some people uh, commenting of which one it was going to be, and it is Door into Summer. Yep. My favorite Um, monkey song, almost from the exact moment I heard it, like the first or second time. (laughs) What more can you ask for in a song? (laughs) It's, It's pretty spectacular. Uh, sung by uh, Mike and Mickey, written by Chip Douglas and uh, Bill Martin, who is a friend of the monkeys. He also wrote All of Your Toys, which was the first song the boys played by themselves, but uh, they couldn't put it out due to like legal stuff. And uh, Bill Martin would also do some other stuff in his career. He appeared in uh, Elephant Parts, and he's the screenwriter for Harry and the Hendersons. Whoa, that's a career. And he also has a cameo in the 1997 Hey, Hey, We're the Monkeys special. There you go. But let's get into how we feel about this song itself. Man, I remember for me, this song almost made me quit guitar and play bass. Because I thought the bass was (laughs) so... I can still see, like, be in my room, summer 92, tuning my guitar down and just, like, plucking away on just lower strings because of this song. Is it because the guitar part was too hard, Paco? Probably. (laughs) <laughs> and just that bass though the whole time it's like it's the kind of bass i like where it's like moving around a lot it's not just like plunking a, like the one chord that the yeah. guitar is playing and it's filling it mm-hmm. up and it's just great the drum sound is amazing on this too like the snare sounds great mike mm-hmm. and mickey perfect and yeah. one thing on the mike and mickey show album their version of this any any like Big Monkeys fans probably seen the clip on YouTube and everything, but when they sing this live on that, and when we saw them too, and they sang it live, I was mm-hmm. like out of my own body. I couldn't believe because I didn't think Door into Summer they would play it. I just didn't. It wasn't like I figured they won't play that. It just didn't even come on my radar as something they'd do, and they did, and I went nuts. It was so beautiful when they played that song, oh. and. Oh, you you get it. The the shows are for the fans, and if you're a fan of the monkeys, you're probably a fan of this song. Mm-hmm. It's like a similar vein to uh, Pleasant Valley Sunday with like the social commentary, 
how uh, this time this time it's uh, capitalism is bad. Don't don't waste your life working. You'll miss out on all the fun. Yeah. And uh, and I think this is the song that Mike recorded the vocals in the bathroom. Oh. You couldn't get the right vocal sound. There's a picture. You look it up on if you look up Mike Nesmith vocal bathroom, you'll see a picture of him <laughs> <laughs> with the microphone set up in the john at the studio. And uh, I'm not sure if this is the version that uses the that the, the the bathroom track or if it's the alternate mix that sounds a little different, a little more echoey. Mm-hmm. But it's out there. Yeah, but it's it's awesome. Like I say, my favorite monkey song, and always will be. I think it's a ex- very important song to us. It's our, one of our favorite songs from one of our favorite albums. What's what's not to like? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like a highlight on an album of highlights. For real. It's not been on the... Uh, we haven't seen it on the show quite yet, have we? No, not yet. Not yet. Oh, it's coming. It'll happen soon. <laughs> All right, anyway, so where, do you, where would you want to put this? I, th- I think there's no way around it, Paco. We, get, we have ourselves a new number one. Holy smokes. I didn't know if it would make number one. I think, I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's our favorite song. Well, wow, this is a big moment. This is a big moment here. <laughs> oh, realsies. So there you have it, folks. The uh, Wool Had a Mystery was very, very good to us today. Digging up a couple uh, latter-day deep cuts and then bringing it all home with our new number one and definitely one of our favorite songs pretty much throughout our monkey fandom, The yeah. Door Into Summer. Yeah, what a great Wool Had a Mystery today was. Like thanks, hat. Sometimes it duds it up, and today it was like, nope. It's been a while. I'm I'm coming back big. He's he's Kyle Lowry game six of the NBA playoffs, where he scores the first eleven points in like the first minute and a half. He's like, nope. I'm putting this on my back today, guys. But anyway. and like yeah, and seeing the song live, especially the way they performed it this last time with Mike and everything, it was like. Like it was in the like the little mass of tunes with with Pleasant Valley Sunday and Porpoise Song as like our favorite songs, but that put it over the top for me for sure. Yeah, great. Yeah, that was like I say, transcendent that moment. There's that's the word for sure. <laughs> well, all right, everyone. Thanks for checking it out. I hope you guys dug this this episode and this uh, wool hat of mystery thing as much as we Ooh. did gonna take a while to recover from this it is is. all right everybody so from me paco and me jeff have yourselves a monkey's little evening thank you bye-bye